0: Do you struggle with the shoulder season when it's slow and struggle with overtime when it's busy? Learn more about that on today's show. On today's show, we have two very special guests. First of all, we have Mr. Scott Deming, and Scott's going to be here today interviewing a guy named Nigel Charlton, who has a company called Buttons Heating and Cooling up north of the border in the great white north of the beautiful country of Canada. Now, he's got a very successful company up there, Nigel does, and Scott took the time to interview him about some of the most important things. Now, in this first episode, we're going to be talking about the shoulder season, what to do when it's slow, and of course, dealing with overtime when things are busy. So let's join Scott and Nigel as they discuss buttons, heating and cooling, and how they deal with these challenges.
1: Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of EGIA's Cracking the Code video conversation series. My name is Scott Deming. I'm your host and very excited to have with us today, Nigel Charlton from Buttons Heating and Air Conditioning in Ontario, Canada. Nigel's a great guy. We had a bit of a conversation before we started this recording, and I am absolutely thrilled to bring him in. So let's bring him in. Nigel, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, Scott. Good morning. How are you, sir? Good, man. You're Good. Well well, up here. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Hey, Nigel, we're going to get into some uh, topics that, you know, the whole the whole idea behind these conversations is to give some, uh, you know, some good takeaways to the, to the viewers, to the contractors watching these. Everybody's up against very similar challenges. Everybody's trying to win new business. Everybody's trying to hold on to, you know, good employees and on and on and on in seasonal business. We're going to get into a lot of that stuff and, and ask your advice, your, your ideas of how are you doing things? Because you're the sales manager there. You're responsible for bringing revenue in and keeping that P&L strong, correct? Correct. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we're, to ask, a team. We're, we're a team. Yeah. I know that. I know that. But you still have the title sales manager. And I know what your responsibilities and your duties are and your role with yeah. the organization. So what do you think uh, is your your greatest challenge? I mean, you've got a lot of challenges. You've got a lot of things that you have to get done. You've got a lot of things that you're trying to, uh, you know, get past during the course of a busy wow. day. And sometimes things pop up that you're not uh, you're not expecting. But what exactly do you would you consider in the world of HVAC uh to be your your greatest hurdle your your biggest hurdle that you you're like my god this this thing keeps me up at night what would that be?
2: (laughs) I think it would probably be uh work balance Uh, as you would know that uh HVAC it's it's a seasonal you know we have uh four seasons up here, but like I alluded to earlier, you don't know what season you're going to wake up to sometimes, but I would say work balance. You know, we have uh, two shoulder seasons. You know, we go pretty dang hole for air conditioning season. And then at the end of the summer, it sort of uh, teeters off a little bit. And then, uh, you know, we uh, have a bit of a slower period and then we've got, you know, heating season coming in. But I guess
1: the biggest uh, would be, you know, work balance and keeping everybody busy. Yeah. Okay. So, the work balance is not just workload and trying to figure out how to, how to, uh, the, I mean, it's your supply and your, you able, your ability to provide the services probably gets choked off at different times of the year. So the one concern would be, are you, are you able to actually provide the customer service and experience that you're promising when you're so busy that you're trying to keep up with all this business? The other part of it would be, I'm imagining, uh, figuring out a way to hold on to good, Talent. I mean, one of the biggest issues I know in this industry of yours is getting and keeping good talent. Uh, so, how? What do you do now? I mean, you you said that that's one of your biggest challenges is the workload balance. What do you do to to kind of remedy that during the course of the year? You've got your ups and downs. You said two shoulder seasons, and then you've got to you know figure out what to do in between. What are you doing to uh, sure. to fix that?
2: Yeah. So sure. I guess. Uh you know, you have to have constant contact with your customers. Uh, reach out to them through, you know, social media, newsletters. Um, I'll try to be always top of mind. You're not always needed by your customers, but when you are, uh, you want to be top of mind, and you also want to be top of mind for your customers when they're talking to their friends, families, and neighbors, and they hear of them, uh, you know, in need of HVAC services. So I, I would say constant t- contact, but be very strategic with your constant contact. You don't want to be sending out Uh, loads of advertising over there. The last thing you want is your customers to unsubscribe from your newsletter. Unfortunately, uh, the unsubscribers from ours, I've seen are the ones that just move out of our area. So we accept that.
1: So when you say you stay in contact with your customers, if you know that you're going to have issues, are you basically just letting them know, being honest, being transparent that look, you know, we just got busier than we expected. Uh, things are happening that that we're, are beyond our control. We just want you to understand what you should be expecting. Is that what you're talking about? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah so you're you're just right up front. You know, it's funny as I've got a, a consulting client, it's a national restaurant chain, and I was with the CEO the other day in the marketing of BP. And their biggest challenge now is finding help in the restaurant business, believe it or not. And he said that there are restu- there are restaurants that are actually putting signs on the doors, warning the customer before they come in that they might not have a great experience. I mean, well, I mean that's sad. When, I mean that's sad, but it's pretty much you know if, if you're if you've had an experience pre-pandemic and you're expecting that same experience, they're basically saying don't expect that same experience. Are you that honest with your customers? If you get to the point where. Uh, you know, you think you're going to have a hard time meeting deadlines, getting out there within a reasonable amount of time. How do you how do you handle that? What do you say to the customers?
2: Gosh, I I, I think the only problem that we've run into that we haven't been able to deliver uh, on a promise, um, you know, as you would know, Scott, supply chain in almost every industry was crippled with COVID. Um, you know, it hit us. Uh, the tail end of heating season and then we're on cooling season and manufacturers couldn't keep up with the uh with the supply of the air conditioners it was it was quite crazy but uh you know we did what we could uh we we did what we could we you know navigated around it and and you know it was tough it was tough so that yeah. was the biggest challenge for us
1: do uh, Talk to me about uh, your employees, your staff. You, you've got these up and down, ebb and flow seasons, and you've got times where your, your folks are cranking and they can't even keep up with it. And then you've got times where they have nothing to do. How do, you, how do you fix that? How do you deal with that kind of a situation? And I also, from our conversation before, you told you said something about a 60-hour-a-week max within your area by law, correct?
2: Yeah sure. So we're mandated by the um, you know legislation up here that you know the employees aren't allowed to work more than 60 hours a week. So when we're in really busy heating season or really busy cooling season the guys can put in 60 hours. Uh, Now they can draw on that on their next uh, their next pay or they can bank that. A lot of the guys bank some of the extra hours then when we get slower if they're only putting in, the, you know, three or four days, they could top up that extra day with bank hours. So it uh, it balances out. We do our best, and and you know, it's
1: it's basically a, a balancing act. Sometimes, yeah. And I'm sure everybody goes through the same thing. Do you do you have uh, do you have morale issues when things are either too busy or too slow? I mean, you got these are humans. They're either overworked or feeling like they're they're not doing their job or not not meeting expectations. I mean, you've got to have some sort of a, an internal communication program that helps these folks understand that you get it, you get it, and you know, you're there for them. How, how, do, how do you communicate that to them?
2: Well, yeah, we, um, I, I think our company has pretty good morale. You know, we, uh, the, the employees are, are treated very well by the owners, you know, with regards to competitive wages and benefits. And, you know, the guys do sometimes feel like they're overworked, especially in the summertime when it's very, very hot. And, and you know, we have a pretty good run of uh, heat wave. That can be uh, a bit challenging. And, and I won't say the guys get uh, upset, but... You know, they get pushed pretty hard, but you know what? The troopers, we've got a great, a great staff. So,
1: yeah, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I will say this and you've seen some of my training programs. That culture uh, starts at the top. I mean, to create a culture where everyone buys into it and understands what the mission is and the purpose of the organization, that all begins and ends with leadership. So uh, kudos to your leadership for having that type of morale and the folks that have that kind of a spirit and passion and purpose to, to do the right thing. Hey, uh, so talk to us now about um, about the customers. You've got a, I'm assuming you've got quite a bit of competition up in your area, don't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, right right in our business complex, we've got, I think, uh,
1: five other HVAC companies. Oh, you're kidding. In your yeah, business complex? No oh, my God. You know, it kills yeah. me that, uh, that people don't realize just how many of, uh, of you folks are out there. I did a program for a, uh, uh, the last live program I did was in Napa Valley last March on my birthday before the whole thing just you know hit the fan. But uh, so I was doing it for this uh, uh, distributor. And so they had a, a dealer meeting and I was the speaker at the dealer meeting. And uh, I said to them, how many, and this is this is a God's honest truth, how many HVAC contractors within your area do you think there are? And people are going, ah, I don't know, 100, 200, 400. There were over 14,000 in the region in the region that these all these contractors who buy from this distributor and it's just amazing that you know the competition out there is fierce so question you've got competition like everybody else in every other line of work i've got competition what do you do to not just get but keep customers i mean the first thing is getting them the second part is keeping them because as you know Keeping a customer and being able to, you know, provide other services and so forth, that's a lot less expensive than what you have to put into going out to get a new customer when it comes to sales and marketing Absolutely. and all the all the footwork. So what, um, what do you do, A, to get new customers? And then we'll go into the B, uh, keeping the, those customers. Well, getting uh,
2: customers... Uh from the get-go, you know, we have different uh, advertising streams, uh, radio, our website, different uh, home improvement websites. And, uh, you know, we, we deliver to the customer what we promise. So when, once we've earned their business, once we've done that, we follow through on the promise to look after that customer for life. We want them for life. In fact, we've got customers who have been with us for you know, decades and they're putting in their third Furnace and air conditioner with us, so keeping the customers falling through. There's there's companies out there, smaller companies who they'll do the sale, they'll do the installation, but unfortunately, they're not there when the customer needs them for service.
1: Yeah, we are, and that's you know I, I had a in another in another industry a guy that was known as the great hunter. He loved closing deals, but once he got the customers, he wasn't he wasn't very good at providing the service that he promised when he was doing the deal, when he was out hunting. Uh, But so uh, before I get to the second part, uh, because this is very important, you just said something that reminds me of a survey I saw uh, quite some time ago. In your industry, the trust factor from consumers is not very high. People are are and it's not just your industry it's contractors general contractors heating and cooling contractors plumbers electricians people don't trust them the way that they should trust them because of the fact that you've got contractors out there working out of the back of a station wagon or whatever they're doing they go out and they make the sale and then they don't follow up and they don't provide uh, you know the 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 service that they said they would provide they're not there when they the, when something breaks and the homeowners freaking out you are not only up against good contractors, you're up against bad contractors that are basically hurting the image of the overall industry. Do you, believe, do you agree with that? Absolutely, absolutely. So question to you, and, and I'm going to tell you this, and I wasn't even thinking of asking this, but I'm, thinking, but I'm going to ask you because yesterday my wife and I went through the, the absolute painstaking experience of buying a new car. She, she, she got a new car and I just said to her, okay, let's go do it. Ugh. And you know, once you pick out the car, then it all begins. Oh, so let me see what number do you want to be at? Let me go talk to my manager or let me go talk to the big guy. And then they, and then you get into financing and they're trying to sell you upsell you on all these. So I was saying to this other couple, we we're all sitting around in this waiting room, waiting to go into talk to the finance guy. And, um, I said, you know, somebody in this industry needs to put some sort of a campaign together to say, you know what? We know you hate buying cars. Nobody enjoys this experience. So come in and get a different experience the way Saturn used to do. And Saturn's not around anymore. Saturn was no frills, no bull. That's the price of the car. Buy it. You'll love it. And you'll love us. We're great dealers. We're, we'll be there for you for the rest of your life. So are you doing anything to combat this possible Bad and incorrect, inaccurate perception of your industry because of some of the folks that are doing your name, your industry uh, image wrong?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, first of all, I mean, I can't apologize for others in the industry. We just operate the way we operate. We've been around for 44 years. We tell the customers that, you know, you can read our reviews online, uh, we'll deliver on our promise. I've even offered to share experiences uh with other customers who can you know have a conversation with a potential customer and say you know don't listen to me listen to what the customers are saying you know we can't we can't compete with some of the guys that are uh, you know as you would say you know working out of the back of a station wagon or a back of a truck you know we're a decent sized company with 30 some odd employees we have uh you know departments that uh, you know we have our sales department we have our installation department service department um, the guy that's installing, it, it's not the guy that's uh, going to become a back of service. itself. we're yeah. there, we live by our reputation
1: and, you know, we 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 deliver on our promise. I, I really, I really, really, really like what you just said. When you said we can't apologize for other contractors and that's so true. And I think that is actually a great thing to say to a customer. I'm very sorry for you, but I can't apologize for them. Amy they are who they are. Do you use customer testimonials and I know you sat through one of my training programs and I showed uh, showed you guys how to do that with cell phones and and written testimonials and so forth. Do you have testimonials from customers that you can use in case you get this type of a of a question from a customer?
2: absolutely absolutely we um, on our um, on our uh, Signature blocks in our in our emails there's websites that the customer can go to. We invite the customer to go to the website and and read up on our reviews. You know we've got very high scores um, we earn them you know, and as you know uh, again, reflecting back to the smaller guys in the industry who work out of a truck um, they don't have the reviews that we have they don't have the workforce that we have. Um, I've heard of others that are paying customers for you, for reviews and we don't believe in that we earn the review. We don't buy it.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you, Scott. And thank you, Nigel. By the way, they'll be back next week to wrap up this interview. They're going to talk about some other really important issues. We'll see you then. Until then, my friends. Bye bye for now.